My name is Sean Jordan. Welcome to the Adaptive Outdoorsman Podcast. Here we'll be discussing the history and legacy behind disabled hunters, trappers, anglers, and how they adapt and persevere in the woods, on the line, and on the water. Welcome everyone to the podcast. I'd like to introduce our guest for the day, Joshua Hess, a board member for Individual Abilities in Motion, whose mission is to support individuals with mobility impairments in achieving the highest possible level of life satisfaction by discovering, celebrating, and developing individual abilities. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's fun. I know we've had a little bit of a conversation before we started the podcast, and I just want to jump in and let's talk about you and how, where are you from, where, what do you currently do, you know, that sort of thing. All right. Well, as you mentioned, you know, my name is Josh Hess. I'm uh, based out of northeastern Pennsylvania here. Um, I'm currently 43. I've, I've been in a wheelchair uh, at, with SCI injury uh, going on since I was 21, so almost 22 years. Um, I sustained my injury when I was out in Colorado in college and drove a Jeep off a cliff and injured my uh, neck. So been living with SCI kind of as a C6-7 complete injury. Um, since then, I, I guess I've been pretty lucky. Uh, my mother was a spinal cord nurse for years and my sister was a physical therapist, so I, I kind of got a lot of support in my corner. Um, nice. And then uh, our president of Individual Abilities in Motion, Joe Salva, started the organization and, and came out to me and asked if I would help. And I was a founding member with Joe um, for the group. And since then, you know, we've, we've really just tried to focus on gathering equipment and creating opportunities for other people like us or people with mobility impairments to kind of get out and be active. Um, I've got a great group of friends who've always helped me get back into hunting and fishing and um, whatever I was willing to try. Um, there was always some support there to help me make it happen. And through the group, we kind of wanted to make that a viable option for everyone uh, with a disability um, to try and, show them that there's some support and there's all kinds of venues and, and methods to get back out in the wilderness or just out in the outdoors. Oh, nice. Now for the nonprofit, when did that start? Uh, so we formed in 2013. Um, so we've been just about 10 years. So this is actually our 10th year and we're kind of working on planning a, 10th year celebration here hopefully in the fall we're going to have a little gathering maybe some band and um a little bit of a celebration to celebrate 10 years and as uh this organization nice now what do you guys currently uh what no let's start with the past what did you guys start with what areas did you guys focus in on so our first things was really kind of just um, getting the group together and fundraising and community awareness. So we started out really with what we call our abilities tip off. And it was a basketball game, a wheelchair basketball game that we set up initially between there used to be a local uh, facilitation hospital that had a team allied 
rehabilitation and their chair team was going to play the local college students. Um, and so that was kind of like our first kind of big event to get our name out and try to kind of raise some awareness and funds. And since then it's just grown and we've, we've taken people skydiving. Uh, a big thing that we do is water skiing. Uh, we partner with a group called leaps of faith. Um, uh, like I said, kayaking, uh, adaptive hand cycling. We just, we just started a, bike buddy program which is which is we're hoping that will really take off with the lehigh valley heritage trail and individual abilities in motion we've, we've acquired a bunch of hand cycles and all kinds of a different adaptive bicycles that a variety of individuals can use and through the buddy program people who might need assistance getting on or getting off the bikes can meet with one of the university students and uh, they'll partner with them, help them transfer, even ride with them, help them get back off. So we're really all about getting people out and enjoying life again. Nice. Now, you mentioned Lehigh, and I recently had a guest on with the Lehigh Fishing Corporate uh, Company. Do you, have you ever met him? I haven't. And uh, so the Lehigh you're talking is a little bit further south of me. That's the Lehigh River down there. Okay. So probably closer to like Jim Thorpe area. He's about an hour south of me. Um, we they just call it the Lehigh Valley area here, I guess. The, the, yeah. But they've got some great rails to trails programs for biking, and a lot of those trails make it accessible for me to get down and do a fly fishing. I, I love to fly fish, so there's not a lot of great access to rivers, and and a lot of those trails do provide some access for me to get right get right up on the water. Nice. You're thinking about trying to get something other than. I know we talked before the podcast about you having access to a terrain hopper. Have you tried fly fishing in that? I have. Uh, so, yeah, luckily my friend who lets me borrow it there has a pond, and, a, and I, I, I ran around around there with my fly rod, caught a couple of nice bass out of it. It works really good. You just have to be mindful you know, of your line and your cast so you're not snagging on stuff. But a little bit of practice, and anybody could be down there. I really like to get it in the water, and I haven't, like, they say you can take them into, like, 20 inches of water. So I, I, I'm itching to get it in the creek and see how that would go, but haven't made that yet. Yeah, I've seen videos of them doing that, and I've also seen uh, an outrider coyote. Those things can go in the water as well. I got a buddy of mine, uh, Chad Waldegura, out of El Campo, Texas. He, uh, he takes one on the occasion and does some fly fishing and hunting in it. And the type of EVs that are available for disabled individuals for outdoor excursions is phenomenal. Yeah. And we've, we actually had a coyote at our last uh, off-road event. Um, and hopefully, hopefully we're going to have another version of it this year. We're also trying to get a bowhead along with those train hoppers, uh, an X8. We've got a, a crew called uh, Bike On um, who comes, and they're from uh, Rhode Island, and they bring a bunch of adaptive hand cycles as well. So we really try to get as many. We've had track chairs there as well, as many off-road, you know, some of the best and, and newest stuff out there available to our members to come and try. And um, we've, we've had a really good turnout at the last one, and we're very excited about the, putting this next one on. Nice. Now, you got to see all of them. Which one is your favorite? 
by far i think the terrain hopper is the best in my opinion it, the coyote was a lot of fun because it's faster and who doesn't like a little bit of speed but <laughs> overall ride quality and like just general safetyness, i felt the terrain hopper would really just take you anywhere yeah i um uh when i was talking to the guys who made the coyote they were like we built this for speed you could tell because it, it it had a it had a touchy throttle and it, it was a lot of fun to ride and i could see it being more of a, a fun like a trail ride type thing like that you know you want to keep up with your buddies on a mountain bike that's that's the one for it but i think if you want to go hunting the train hopper is really the way to go well i know the terrain hopper goes well for like certain areas and like, like, uh, the guy who, um, sells the terrain hopper. And I talked to him, he was actually mentioning that each of them has their own specific purpose, essentially. So the terrain hopper is for, you know, going through a lot of stuff. The coyote is ready for going off roading, I think in a way that is, you know, very unique. It can go over logs and stuff if need be. I've, from what I've seen in the videos, I mean, uh, my buddy Chad, he took a lady up and they hunted elk in them. And then the terrain hopper, they are versatile as well. Yeah, and the track chairs. I mean, the track chairs are amazing too. I would, we've we've had a great time on them. You know, I, I think you're right. They all have their little niche that they really cover. But the big problem is each of those pieces of equipment. I mean, you're talking upwards of $15,000 per equipment. The average Joe can't really afford such things. So that's kind of really where I am, individual abilities and motion comes in. We raise the funds and, and purchase the equipment and then have it available to our members to come and use. And we don't charge them anything for it. Nice. Sign a waiver of safety and go have fun, you know, after a brief training. Um, we, we're trying to really push our off-road program this year to make it like our bike buddy program that just kicked off and really kind of have it be that same scenario where it, you could call and schedule somebody to ride with you and be able to get out and enjoy the outdoors again. Nice. Now, do you, does IAM offer any outdoor programs for hunting and trapping or we don't currently um we're, we decide from the fishing aspect but we don't really offer anything for hunting um we do kind of started uh to get an archery group together see if we had some individuals who expressed some interest in shooting archery um and we reached out to some local ranges we're still kind of working on putting that event together um but we don't really offer anything hunting yet um we did kind of talk with some other um uh, landowners in the area and i'm kind of spearheading maybe trying to put together some type of uh, a hunt but i think it's really gonna we're really kind of waiting to have that off-road equipment to be able to get the people out there more accessibly nice yeah it makes uh better sense to have everything ready to go before versus hey we've got this to go around but nobody can use it right but yeah, I mean, we do we do a lot of we have like really four main big programs here through through the individualities in motion, and it's kind of our get out and get active, which is really just getting people out. Like I said, skydiving, water skiing, kayaking, whatever they really want to do. 
Um, and then our awareness and action section, which is really kind of where we, you know, we, we try to, we've kind of converted our abilities tip off into our awareness and action where instead of it being a fundraiser, now we've really pitted all local colleges against each other. We've got four or five schools that get their PT teams together and it's really kind of become more of an awareness piece for us. Um, and then we kind of run our reach program, which is really our recreation exercise access for all, um, challenging perceptions and healthy living. So it's kind of like our, another, spin off of our get out and get active and, and where we try to get people motivated to you know just live healthier lives and final piece of the puzzle is our peer-to-peer um, and that's kind of where we try to um, partner with some local rehabilitation facilities in our area and if they have any new injuries or, or such we try to send some of our older injuries there to maybe talk with them and uh, you know just try to make that transition a little bit easier and less frightening for them and aside from that, we just really like get, getting together and having fun. Hey, I can't blame you. Any camping trips? Uh, we haven't done a camping trip yet. Um, we haven't really done any overnights, uh, per se. But that's something, you know, if we had some, some interested members, we could definitely organize something. I'm looking at doing a, uh, a river trip this year with some of my friends. We're going to go down the Susquehanna and camp on an island. So... We um, actually partnered with the local two of the local kayaking outfitters in our area earlier this this year in the spring, and had a gentleman come up from Georgia and did a, a training session on adaptive kayaking um, entry and exit and padding. It was a, a like a four day seminar, excellent program, um, and it, it was really great to see both of those outfitters from our area willing to spend that time get trained on how to deal with people and with mobility impairments in general, getting them in and out of the kayaks, padding the kayaks, because that's a major thing for people with limited feeling. You could pressure sores and such. So it was really great to see them put that time and effort in and be willing to help cater to any individual that comes to their door looking for uh, a kayak trip. Yeah. Um, Do you... For anything outdoors that I'm thinking about, I re- I had the pleasure of talking with a guy who's a survival instructor. Would you be willing to do that in the future too, as well, or is that just something I just came up with? No, I think that would be cool. It would be definitely something neat to uh, talk with. I mean, certainly, especially the way the world's going these days. You never know. <laughs> yeah, I. <sighs> trying to remember the name i think it's field craft survival okay yeah and they bring people around and whatnot and it depends on where they are in the area basically is when you know where they would go and everything yeah i'm sure we would have some members that would be interested um you know we kind of put surveys out to our members um and see what they have interest in and we try to focus events around what the most you know interesting stuff is yeah it was uh the guy i had on was uh really cool about it and he was able to actually tell proper ways of dealing with stuff and he said he's had on people with disabilities. He actually used to be a kayak instructor himself, 
and he was able to. Uh, he had dealt with a blind uh, girl who was physically disabled as well, and she said she thought was really good. Yeah, it never hurts to be informed. Uh, I think that would be very informative, and if, if I would be interested. I could say that. Right. So, what did you? What do you do other than being a founding board member of I am? Uh, well, I'm uh, also a member of a local sporting clay sporting club, sportsman's club. Uh, we I used to be the sporting clay chairman for them. I, I've kind of given that up this year and taken more of a role as a shooter. So uh, enjoying that, I shoot a lot of skeet, uh, sporting clays, and trap. Um, so enjoy that as much as possible. Um, also work, got a job. I uh, work for a great company called uh, Cognizante. Uh, within a subdivision, J Lodge and Cognizante Company, and been with them for 12 years, and they're just a great place to work. I'm able to work from home, which is uh, pretty awesome this day and age, and given my situation, um, so happy to have that. And aside from that, you know, I try to spend as much time fishing or hunting or uh, driving around. I'm a big Jeep enthusiast, so I've got a Jeep Wrangler, and uh, just had to get a new one. The old one finally went. And so I love uh, getting out and playing in that as much as possible. Yeah. I finally remembered the name. His name's Kevin Estella. He's the director of training in the South Carolina uh, Field Crash Survival Office. So if you're within that area. But I know we talked a little bit before... At, the podcast about Camp Freedom and the Rising Light Ridge. What do you guys do with them? So that's kind of uh, the two organizations that we we joined with. We joined with Camp Freedom last year, and that's a uh, kind of a a wounded warrior support organization. They've got a beautiful property here in Archibald near us, and we partnered with them to host our first off-road event last year where we were able to bring in all the different off-road equipment that we talked about and let people try it out. And they were a great organization to work with, um, very accommodating for all all of us and our members, and as well as the the veterans and first responders that they service in our area. So great organization and and happy. Hopefully we can continue to work with them and potentially getting some of this off-road equipment there for our members and their members to use. And Rising Light Ridge is kind of in that same spectrum. We're partnering with them this year to host the event. Um, And they're kind of a new and up and coming facility here in the Bear Creek area, kind of near Wilkes-Barre. And it's an amazing facility with the Tim Tebow Foundation. And they are building a great equestrian facility. And there's going to be ropes, rope, uh, ropes, slides. I can't think of the name there. But it hopefully, again, we'll be able to, once we get some of this equipment, um, partner with them to house some of it there to make some of that property more accessible to people with, in, with mobility impairments. So it, it's we're kind of all about finding these, these facilities that have the, the space to play. And then if we can kind of help facilitate getting some of that equipment in there and, and utilize that space to its fullest potential for everyone. Sounds fun. And Tim Tebow Foundation. Wow. 
I did not think that was anywhere associated with this, but <laughs> yeah, they they're a really amazing uh, program, the Rising Light Ridge Foundation. They do some really great work now. Um, they have like um, uh, nature walks that they take disabled people out and kind of sherpa them through the woods. Uh, so hopefully we can maybe kind of improve some of those activities with some of this equipment which is really what we, we hope to do and just make life better and easier for everyone out there. Nice. Now, what have you all hunted? I know we're skipping back and forth a little bit, but what have you all hunted for out there in Pennsylvania? Have you hunted every single animal out there or you got a few on your bucket list. Still. I still haven't chased down any Pennsylvania elk or black bear. I've, I've had black bear tags. I've gone out after them, but I, I've never gotten one. But uh, everything else, I think deer, uh, turkeys, it's all the small game. Um, it'd be pretty nice to pull a Pennsylvania Grand Slam, and that's basically get a black bear, a buck, and a turkey all in the same year. Oh, man. That... That's definitely something I would like to do, but but we don't have bear in Indiana. Oh, really? No black bear? I kind of thought you would. They had a, a really great um, Gary Alt took over Pennsylvania black bears a number of years ago, and he's since retired. But when he took over, it boomed the black bear population, and now they they're just a really abundant throughout PA woods. Yeah, we've seen sightings of them, like, you know, migratory sightings every so often, but we actually haven't been able to see anything short of just a bear occasionally getting hit by a car <laughs> like every few years. Oh, I've had So they they travel, they just don't stay. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, we see that here. Like it's uh, you know once a month he'll come through the neighborhood, and you're chasing him off your front porch, getting bringing your bird feeders in for that week, and then it kind of migrate. Yeah, get the cats out, have the cats attack the bear and scare it <laughs> off. Yeah, but uh, we do coyote hunting back here. We, that's one of my favorites. That's always fun. Um, I'm, I'm really a big bird hunter. I like to get out and, and chase birds as much as possible. I just like shotgun sports, but it's yeah. harder to do. Um, but you know, anything I can really get out and chase, I'm 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 happy to go and do it. I, I really just love being out in the woods. Now, what's your setup like when you're <laughs> hunting coyotes so mostly we're trying to be mobile because we we try to call and we'll move if we're not hearing anything so we're either one of two ways oh i'm a because i mentioned i'm a jeep wrangler owner so we'll hunt out of that a lot because it'll get us out into the woods where we need to go or out of the the terrain hopper or um a side-by-side that we use a lot too just to be able to, to get out in there we haven't had a whole lot of luck. We uh, actually getting them. We've been, you know, doing the calls per so. So we're still kind of learning that. And uh, we've had a lot calling back to us and we've seen them, but they're, uh, they're pretty tricky. Yeah, I imagine so. Now, as a quadriplegic 
how would you hold the rifle? Do your hands still work, or do you have to use specialized equipment? Uh, yeah, so I have somewhat specialized equipment. I'm kind of what they call a super quad, so I've got pretty good arm strength and limited hand function. So, um, like my rifles, I'm able to hold and swing, and same with the shotguns, but I do put straps on them so that I can actually, you know, physically hang on to the gun better, don't have good grip. So it's kind of just like a, a loop strap. I usually put, you know, out where you would hold on the fore end. And that's generally it. I have made, um, when I was first injured, I didn't have as much movement as I do now. I kind of regained some strength in my hands. Able to nice. Hold the trigger on my own. But originally I had made a quadra or aquaplast is the material. And it's like a moldable plastic. And I used that to kind of make a finger splint that would kind of hold my finger in a trigger position, per se. Um, used that aquaplast to mold a, a number of other splints. Um, but, yeah, most of the time I'm, I'm fairly well able to hold the gun with just some limited straps. Um, nice. I saw a video. It was from my buddy's YouTube channel. He does uh, Chad Walger. He does Able Outdoors. And they had a teal hunt, and the guy that they had on, he had issues of moving, holding the guns and whatnot with his hands. So they attached it to a steady cam, essentially. And they velcroed it to his hands so he could move it up and down to his shoulder. And then he had a sip and puff to fire the fire, the sh shotgun. And dude was busting teals. <laughs> Yeah, that's amazing. They they've got some really great technology out there. The the problem is, is again that technology is so expensive. So that's where I am really tries to come in. If some of our members, we just kind of had one of our members request some uh, adaptive water skiing equipment, and you know we we figured why not get the equipment? It'll be beneficial for not only this member but additional members. So you know the group purchased the equipment and kind of the same situation they, they have some like you said really great i've seen for high level quads that you can really shoot skeet teal trap any of the sporting clay games and i mean the gun's mounted securely it swings and rotates i mean it's, it's pretty impressive technology yeah but like you said it's really expensive and there's part of the problem and yep you would think that a lot more companies or certain other nonprofits would actually prioritize that as like an access initiative, essentially, to help disabled individuals be able to go out. There are some organizations uh, like the Kelly um, Bush Foundation, but uh, that's really more so for um, non-powered assistive devices. They'll get you hand cycles and people can apply for grants for things like that. I've yet to really see any uh, grants or uh, stuff for you know, powered equipment. I mean, I'm not saying they're not out there and I'm sure there could very well be, but uh, it's yeah. something I am. We've talked about at a board level and potentially, you know, if we can get to the point where we're able to, you know, have, you know, some really consistent fundraising and maybe some, you know, uh, grants from you know local companies or something, maybe we would be able to kind of offer something similar to that where I am would be able to, you know, you know, grant, you know, one or two wishes a year for people, you know, I mean, that would really be amazing to get to that point. Yeah. And what do you think is in the future for I am? 
Um, I think we're going to continue to do what we've been doing. Uh, like I say, this is our 10th year and we've only gotten bigger and better every year. We purchase more equipment and we just finally had to get all the equipment out of our president's basement in his garage. And we got some storage facility rented. So we have more easier and organized access to all of our equipment. So I think we're just going to continue to grow. I think, and I hope we only continue to raise more money to see that happen um i'd like to see us branch off into more aspects like we talked about the hunting and the more off-road adaptive adventure activities um we've kind of talked with some other organizations uh like camp freedom and this uh rising light ridge that have access to streams and rivers on their property and i'd really like to see us push some fishing and make it uh, trout fishing more accessible for people with wheelchairs that's yeah. a real challenge here unless you're in a kayak or something like that but to have some nice access to those those trout waters where people could roll right in and enjoy like everybody else would be great yeah now do you guys just accept only people with wheelchair needs or do you accept other in yeah, we've opened up. Uh, so originally we founded as only an SCI, so only as a spinal cord support group. And just recently, two years ago, we kind of expanded our operations to, to kind of encompass all mobility impairments per se. Um, we've got a couple of our board members who are um, on the amputee coalition of American certified mentors. So we've kind of expanded into amputees and really just opened the doors to anybody with mobility impairments. Um, we've got the equipment that people can use to get out and get active, and we kind of want to share it with anybody who can use it. But to get access to the equipment, we do ask that they join as a member, which is free. There's, there's no charge to be a member. Um, and then, you know, there are some waivers that they have to fill out, but I mean, we've actually got hand bikes that we loan out to people they can keep for the week or keep for the month. Nice. So if we've got it and somebody can use it, that's, that's where we're all about is getting people out there. Yeah. And I know we talked about it a little bit with, uh, well, I don't think we talked about this one. Do you think that you would be going into chapters for other states then, expanding out that way? Uh, so we're actually a chapter for the United Spinal Association. So we're a subdivision of them. So we have some protection and backing ah. through United Spinal Association. Um, I know that we had, we're, we had talked about joining some uh, amputee associations. I'm not exactly sure. Um, we haven't really made commitments to any such organizations on that side yet, but I know we are we are open to expanding and joining more chapter networks like that. So technically, we are a chapter for the northeast northeastern Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's something I definitely we definitely didn't cover before the podcast. <laughs> we also. So. Like I kind of mentioned that uh, Allied Rehabilitation, we also kind of facilitate some equipment. We kind of took over their uh, wheelchair, basketball equipment, and kind of uh, facilitated wow. that as the team kind of disbanded. And should another group of individuals want to start a team, you know, we're, we're holding the equipment, waiting for them to come reach out to us. Um, but we kind of also facilitated their recreation division when they disbanded that. But I'm not sure how legalities of that anymore still. So 
we're still here for their mentorship if, if we can ever be supportive and they've been very supportive of us and allowing us to host board meetings on their facilities and been, been very friendly to us. Right. Now, do you guys fundraise primarily or is it through sponsorship or a mix of different varieties? It's a bit of a mix. I mean, primarily sponsorship or fundraise on our own. We, 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 we used to have a sporting clay poker shoot where we held it that sportsman's club. I kind of was spearheaded that, uh, we, we disbanded that this year in lieu of some other, uh, venues. We kind of just had a raffle for a two week stay in Hawaii. One of, um, a local individual has a foundation, um, donated the two week stay at a house in Hawaii for us. And then we kicked in some travel money to help people get there. And we just raffled that off at our friends and family picnic. And that was kind of one of our big fundraisers for the year. We do another one towards the winter around Christmas time. We call it our holiday raffle. It's, um, I believe 12 days of, of cheer so we have uh 12 days before christmas we raffle off nice prizes and kind of sell tickets for that um we've, we've dabbled in a little bit of this and a little bit of that trying our feet at different techniques we've had some really great sponsors from some corporations like uh, uh toyota of scranton has just been great to us and, and pride mobility and um a couple other organizations have really been been amazing with uh, helping support our cause Nice. Now, do you guys plan on getting like sponsorships or whatnot from major businesses in the outdoors industry in general? We would hope to. Um, I think we're still really trying to learn how to reach and contact those individuals to to really kind of draw from some of that. I think that's kind of our our hard part is how do you make those connections? Yeah, that's understandable. So you guys are still just going to stay pretty well maintaining what you have, maybe grow a little bit more next year, add a few things. Yeah, I mean, we would hope to grow as much as we can. You know, you got to have the funds there to make that happen, right? But we're trying to maintain some sustainability within the organization. We don't want to, you know, see it go under. We've, we've got way too much equipment invested and we've got some really great programs that we've maintained throughout the 10 years that we've been, been running. And I think we've, we've been a real contributions to our community and the members within our community. And we seem to get new members and new faces every year at our events. And it's, it's great to see those people come out and enjoy activities like they used to maybe slightly different, but still getting back out. Hey, that always that's the end game, right? So I just lost my train of thought. That's always the fun part. I'm th- Yep. Literally lost it. <laughs> that happens. Thinking of yeah, right. probably. That's all right. We'll let you slide. Yeah, right. All right. What are your dream hunt? What's the dream I asked a lot of guests this one, so it's not user specific. I just dream hunt. We'll go with that. Oh man. I don't know. I used to think it would be something to Alaska, but nowadays I feel like it may be Argentina on a bird hunt to some quail or pheasant or something down South. Wow. You're one of the few people I've seen. Uh, 
well talk to who's not dream hunt isn't north but south yeah like i say i mean i used to think it would be bear but nowadays i mean they're just too and once you've seen one out playing in the water i don't know that i could really want to shoot a bear i mean i'd really like to have a bear rug that would be nice blanket you know something to lay on but man they're just they're just too cool when you see them out there um i got it you can go up to canada and get a cinnamon bear yeah, I know. I, I again, you know, you read and you watch those hunts. I, I don't know if I want to hunt over a bait pile. You know, to me, that's not. You know, I'd rather put the effort in, go up there and hunt the logging roads and call them. And, yeah, you know, that would be interesting. Well, but that'd be a, that'd be I'd be really hard pressed to pull that trigger on one of them. I think. Yeah. Well, there are styles where you don't have to hunt over bait, and you could use a specialized chair to essentially get around to do that. Obviously, we covered that. I would say you could probably pull it off. It, it would be fun. I would I would love to see those the Canadian woods. I've never never been up to Canada, and we obviously read a lot and see a lot on the TV shows. And, and, and those logging roads up there do look amazing. I could have yeah. Yeah, it would well, be a south, southern hunt for birds. Uh, maybe even some turkey down there. Turkey and uh, some pheasant. They say you can shoot for days down there. Just boxes and boxes of ammo. Well, considering I don't think they have the same gun law, same hunting laws as we do. So. Yeah, no, I know. I've read, read a bit about it into Mexico has some pretty good hunting, Argentina, and I think even like Brazil has some really amazing bird hunting opportunities. But um, like you say, that's a, that's the dream, right? Hey, dreams happen all the time. <laughs> right, right now I'm busy living nightmares. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. It's it's 2023. We're halfway done. <laughs> so, do you want to tell my guests where to reach you and I'm? Yeah, that would be great. So, uh, I am. We are. Um, you can send letters of inquiry to individual abilities in motion at 107 Commons Drive. Oliphant PA 18447. We'll also field phone calls at 570-561-6139. You can also check us out via email at info, I-N-F-O, at individualabilities.org. And we also have our website, uh, www.individualabilities.org. Our Facebook facebook.com slash iam org or our instagram uh, instagram.com slash iam org slash i know that was a lot but uh we've got a wealth of information out there i mean just google individual abilities and motion on google and we'll come up for you nice well thank you for coming on and uh Telling us about the organization, how how you guys have been changing lives for people. It's been a great time, and I hope to have you guys on in the future. Yeah, it looks great. I really appreciate you having me on, Sean, and let me talk about the group. It, you're 
it's great what you're doing and uh, I'm going to continue to tune in and listen to more well thank you and thank you everyone for tuning in and remember stay adaptive